You are Locked On Cavaliers, your daily podcast on the Cleveland Cavaliers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jordan Zerm, ESPN Cleveland. Jordan, let's before we're going to go trade by trade, but <laughs> was this what you were expecting out of deadline day for the Cavs? Because for me, not what I was expecting to happen. Um, no, not even in like the slightest. I think that we knew that they had deals on the table or like they had, a, I had assumed that they had explored a bunch of deals, but I thought like maybe one or two of them would come to fruition. And the ones that happened weren't even really like, I thought maybe the Kemba Walker trade would happen because that was like the one that I had heard most recently. And the one that people had been talking about most recently. Um, so no, I was in no way, shape or form prepared for like the avalanche of moves that, <laughs> that happened in a very short, um, short time this, a- this morning, this afternoon, whenever that was. Who knows? Time's time's relative. Yeah, there's no time today. It's just it's been a blur. Yeah, it's just Woj bombs just like <laughs> raining down on you. Um, Shams like getting dunked on apparently because he uh, didn't like report anything. Shams. Reported Shams that just didn't have it today. Yeah, just off day for Shams. Um, <laughs> the first deal that comes through is the deal with the Lakers. Isaiah Thomas, Channing Fry, the first round pick this year to. The Cavs is the first round pick, not the Brooklyn pick, to LA for Jordan Clarkson and Larry Nance Jr. Which Larry Nance Jr. Um, I was somewhere and why the local news was on and it, like the lead sports story was that like Larry Nance Jr. was coming to the Cavs. Like wasn't it Isaiah got traded? It was Larry Nance Jr. <laughs> it's Larry Nance. All right. He's like all right. Like the the legacy. Uh, Thirty years yeah. later, but <laughs> the reaction to that deal on Twitter, um, at least the people I follow, was more ne- was pretty negative. Just kind of out on Clarkson a little bit. Channing um, and shock that Isaiah Thomas is going there. But what, what was your just general first reaction to that trade? Yeah. So, um, I mean, I think firstly I was, um, I was surprised that Isaiah Thomas actually got traded. Like I had hoped it would happen, but I didn't think like it would actually happen, especially once it kind of came out that um, he was a favorite of Dan Gilbert's and like how much that had played into the move to get him from Boston for Kyrie. So um, I think that, that was the biggest thing was I was just shocked that I, Isaiah Thomas actually got traded. And then I was, you know, I was thrilled about it because, and I'm sure we'll get into this too, but I mean, it's been nothing short of a disaster for his time here. So that to me was the first thing that stuck out. Um, I think that, you know, I didn't, I didn't know a ton about Larry Nance's game. Um, you know, uh, the times that I would watch Laker games, whether they were on national TV on TNT or something, and, you know, I'm kind of half paying attention and, um, you know, just kind of knew Nance as a guy that can dunk really well and um, a, a big guy that can run the floor and is pretty athletic. But like other than that, I didn't know a ton about him. I know he doesn't take a lot of shots, period, and isn't, you know, doesn't shoot from three or anything like that. But then throughout the day, as um, I did my own research and then was doing some stuff at ESPN Cleveland and listening to Brian Winhorst talk about him and all that, um, and he's a really good defender, which I was unaware of. Like he's a top 10 defender for a um, for a power forward and um, so that's really exciting because like any time, any player that's going to come in and like play some semblance of defense is like a, a thing to get excited about for the Cavs. And then, you know, Jordan Clarkson, um, obviously like he played at Missouri. So I watched him a lot there just being an alum. Um, I wasn't there while he was there, but, um, you know, just having interest in their team. So I watched him there and he was a great scorer and he's a great scorer in LA. I think that, um, 
you know, like a, he, he's kind of like a volume scorer. And I think I was just reading Zach Lowe, his whole kind of recap of the trade. And he basically he said that on uh, Clarkson on his worst days is like a really bad version of J.R. Smith or Jamal Crawford. So like that's um, that's something that we'll probably have to deal with a little bit. But I do think that he is able to, you know, provide some scoring off the bench. And I, I've seen him shoot threes like when I've watched him shoot threes, his form looks fine. Like he, it's not like he can't. I think that my hope is he's only shooting 32% this year. I think the highest he's ever shot is 34% in his career. So it's not great, but like he can do it. And I'm hoping with some more open shot opportunities now that he's with the Cavs and off a pretty bad Lakers team that he's been on for the past few years, that those numbers will pick up a little bit. And, and if he's the price you have to pay to get, to get Larry Nance out of there, I honestly think Larry Nance was the bigger target for the Cavs than Jordan Clarkson was. So um, I think my initial reactions was was more positive than, yeah, what a lot of people um, kind of saw on Twitter. What what were your kind of thoughts when you first saw that go down, Chris? Like the Nance edition, that, that's the guy there that uh, out of those two that I'm most intrigued by. I think I, I like the idea of him playing the five for one. Yeah. Um, I, I like Clarkson as a backup combo guard. I, 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 you have to hope that LeBron effect pushes him up offensively, make, makes his – looks better and, and just allows him to shoot better and it helps I think initially I feel better about it having been able to move past it and then see that they also got George Hill to be the starting point guard and yes. that we weren't going to be watching a team and, and covering a team that was Jose Calderon and um <laughs> no 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 disrespect to Jose but it was like Jose and and, and Jordan Clarkson as the point guards like that would have been like maybe that's better than Isaiah but um like that's a problem. The, the the guys that leave are kind of almost more interesting to me though because I I do th- I do think the Channing thing will be felt. He left yep. with a predictably great Instagram post. Um, <laughs> like just going out is only Channing can. Yes, uh, Richard Jefferson needs to go to the Lakers now. Like he needs to like get cut <laughs> and go to the Lakers. That also should just happen. But yep. I think they'll miss him. I don't think they're gonna miss it. Like I really don't. And I feel bad for the guy because he's just getting bagged on online today. Yes. Like way more than anyone deserves. This is like not his fault. If he, he he's not choosing to play this badly, but like, I I think they're better off in a lot of ways without with with him not on the team anymore. Yeah, and I think like if there's the only thing I can really blame Isaiah is is for kind of you know talking and acting as if he was still the player that he was in Boston when is when he obviously is still not. Um, fully healthy and fully, you know, back to his Boston form. So if there's one thing that you can gripe on, and I think it's, it, it played a big part into the sort of icy standoff that you could see playing out on the court when LeBron was on the court at the same time as Isaiah and, and most of the other kind of Cavs holdovers from years past. But yeah, like I really, I tweeted this earlier today, but if you think about all the stuff that's happened to IT from his sister dying to being blindsided by this trade for Kyrie Irving to the hip to like fighting through the rehab and then, you know, finally kind of getting back. And even though he wasn't where he wanted to be, like you're still playing on the Cavs and you're still playing with LeBron James. And I'm sure there was a part of that that excited him. And now, you know, he's just been traded twice within, you know, the span of under a year, which is sort of crazy. So I I really feel for the dude. And um, who knows if he'll ever be the same player that he was and whether he'll ever be able to get to that form and the player that we saw last year. And, like, that's got to be something he thinks about, too. And that's got to be a, a bummer. But, like, you, you're right. I mean, they just getting him off of the team from a strictly – well, I guess he kind of was contributing both on and off the court in a negative sense. But just on the court stuff from his defensive issues, which um, 
I knew he was a bad, like everybody knew he was a bad defensive player, obviously, but I really didn't understand the lengths of it uh, until I saw him play for the Cavs. So, um, and, you know, he just kind of had the same shot selection that he had in Boston. You know, he was making maybe like 25% of the shots that he was taking. So I think, you know, he just didn't really adjust to the player that he is at the time. And I don't know if there's any way you can adjust. You just have to be who you are. So I think that's going to make a huge difference. Um, immediately just not having to feel like you have to play Isaiah Thomas anymore it sucks most for him because he's definitely not getting paid by the Lakers no you know no he is not like like there's no way there unless he's just the rips rips everyone alive the rest of the year and then like they have no other options like it him getting that I feel I, I feel gutted for that guy that he's just definitely not getting paid this summer now yeah I don't know like that you know he he's been so focused on getting that max contract and his infamous backing up the Brinks truck quote is going to look really bad this summer because I just don't, you know, I just don't know what's going to happen and who's going to want to pay him that money after kind of seeing him this year and not knowing how far away he is from being hundred percent. So yeah, there, there is a lot of me that feels really, really bad for the guy. And I, I wish that he was not put in a position coming to the Cavs that afforded him like the luxury of, of time and being able to, you know, like, work himself back into shape because that's not a team with LeBron James doesn't have that time. So maybe with Lakers, you know, with lower expectations and um, he can, you know, have more time to work himself back and he'll probably get since, especially because Lonzo ball is currently still hurt. Like he'll probably get at least at the beginning, like bigger minutes and they'll kind of just let him do his thing. But yeah, I don't know what the future holds for him. And that's kind of a bummer because I really think he's a good dude. He's just like very competitive and rubs people the wrong way because he speaks what's on his mind and that obviously did not fly in the Cavs locker room but I I hope that wherever he ends up um he will be able to recapture at least like 80 percent of his form 90 percent of his form because he was really fun to watch when he was um at his peak so we'll, we'll see what happens with Isaiah but yeah like you said like I think this is a obviously a going to boost the his absence is going to be a plus for the Cavs yeah, I, I think definitely so. I, I wasn't there Wednesday, but the, the, the all and but I've been I've been there when he's had moments where you, it just feels so tense, and I, I think yes. it's good that they've been able to, to move past that. Well, we'll get to the we'll, we'll go to the the other trade that actually brought them players, but the, the the trade that honestly most caught me off guard was the Dwayne Wade trade goes to Miami. I think it's technically last, but we're just we're, who cares? Time doesn't matter. Um, no, yeah, we're working on um, we're working. Our time is measured by Woj bombs, so that's yeah. what we're working. I on. I honestly have no idea like how it I, it was over at like one thirty, and I was just like, "There's an hour and a half left." Like <laughs> I remember looking at the clock and being like, "Are they gonna do more things?" Like there's too much time. I was like, "Can I get a ten minute nap in right now?" Like I kind of want cope here, but Dwayne Wade goes to Miami. LeBron consulted on it from the reporting we hear. I. I don't even. I'm based on what they've brought back, and they have 11 guys now, really, that can play. It doesn't seem like they're 100% gonna even miss miss him. It's weird that they brought him in and then traded Cavs life for Dwayne Wade. Um, yeah, like it's uh, it's a shame that his long uh, Cavs career is, coming, fi- is finally coming to an end. Yeah, 15 years, and you just trade him uh, for a second round pick at the deadline. What are you doing? It's just what a you know. Well, he'll always be a Cavs legend. So yeah, always, a, uh, forever a Cavs legend. But <laughs> uh, definitely getting a statue next to LeBron. So, like he was there yes, for it all. And, and he'll go in the Hall of Fame in a Cavs jersey. Yeah, 100. So. Um, percent in that yeah. in the number three, even though he never <laughs> wore it for the Cavs. But exactly. Uh, do, do you do, do they lose anything? 
like with getting rid of Wade. I, I think there's going to be an adjustment short term because he's led those bench units, but I, I think in the long term, like it'll probably be okay. Like, and that, that seems weird because it's Dwayne Wade, but I, I don't really have another read on it. Yeah, I think it's going to be okay too. Um, I think of late, his impact was not like when he was when when their bench unit was balling out, especially during those like that 18 wins and 19 games. Um, like it was like, oh, this is like a really this is kind of unbelievable how well Dwayne Wade is playing um, and coming off the bench and like doing this. And then it kind of like he sort of slowly. I don't know. I just can't like think of a game recently where like he played especially well. And he's old and like you just can't, you know, like it it sh- you shouldn't have to like or had the expectation to be able to rely on him for like an extended period of time like that. And um, one of the things that kind of also came up when um through you know talking to some people today and especially um windhorse and and i think like the seti or excuse me jetty osmond thing is a like made this made wade kind of his minutes were going to get crunched and i think they were especially going to get crunched because you added rodney hood and you're adding george hill and you're adding like more perimeter players and like for as as well as Dwayne Wade played for a lot of this year, he's still a guy that can't shoot from deep, um, and he's still a guy that kind of like is was clogging up the lane at times. Um, and so I think when you're bringing in guys like Hill and Hood who can shoot, and like finally they decided like, hey, maybe we should play our young, energetic, like bouncy, <laughs> like wingman in 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 Jetty, and I don't know why it's taken so long, um, other than I think sometimes Tyloo can be very, like, stubborn and too kind of, like, faithful to his his veterans. Uh, so I think, like, in that, that there wasn't going to be a lot of room or minutes for Dwayne Wade anyway, and I think they, like, let him know that, and um, it from all accounts, it sounds like a very amicable splitting. Um, so, no, I don't think they're going to lose that much, to be honest with you, because from the kind of like not as many minutes that are going to be left to just, I think his play had kind of fallen off a little bit um, of late. Yeah. I think they're going to be okay. Um, But yeah, it's kind of a bummer. Like it was fun. It was fun to have Wade on the Cavs and um, it was fun just to have him as like a veteran presence on the team. Um, But I think this kind of will work out well for both, for both parties. Cause I, I do think like he, he wanted to go back to Miami. I know his wife, I know Gabrielle wanted to go back to Miami. If you saw her tweet after the trade happened, she is not having it with winters. I think she's, I think she's done with winters forever. When so yeah, Gabrielle union <laughs> takes to Twitter. Um, you know, first says with a, some three sun emojis, three fire emojis, three palm tree emojis, three Oh five home with four exclamation points. Let's go heat in all caps. Can't wait. Um, Huge thanks to the fans in Cleveland for treating our family like family. Always love and gratitude. Like the quick follow up on that was like a good PR move, you know? Like very, it was, it, like, yeah, very much so. Um, I, I think that I think the thing they'll miss about Wade, I, I do think the it'll be it's weird that the Cavs traded his best friend, even though he seems very good with it. Yeah. Um, but I think it, it's a little weird to not have him there. I do think again the second lineups, the second unit lineups are going to take some readjusting now. I don't know who's the best guy to helm those. I don't think there's naturally an obvious choice now i i think that like wade was just kind of gonna make sense there and now right. you can't even like in a vacuum be like okay derrick rose or isaiah can do this you your options are, are clarkson hill and and hood and, and kevin love when he comes back but there's not like that obvious option now for that second unit which has been a, a success story for the Cavs this year amongst of amongst amongst generally just a bunch of crap yeah they and and i guess you know 
there's they still are feeling the loss of Kyrie in that they still don't have that like second guy that can really create his own shot offensively anytime he wants. Um, so they're they're gonna have to like continue to kind of make up for that with the parts that they have. Um, so yeah, I'm not sure, you know, like my guess would be that that hood and um, George Hill will start. I mean, I guess you have to have that conversation with J.R. Smith, and I know he's played a little bit better of late, but like... And he, and he said he would go to the bench. when. Yeah. Was, yeah, so he's and like, he, he said the right thing about it, at least. Right. So, I mean, like, if you could do that, and maybe now that, like, the trade deadline has passed and J.R. is still with the Cavs, he can relax. Like, I, I feel like that was probably on his mind. Now, that doesn't really explain why he's been bad the entire season, but, like, I'm hopeful that... Um, now that he doesn't have to worry about the trades uh, trade deadline anymore, he can kind of relax a little bit. And it was encouraging to see him shoot pretty well last night and um, at least in that first half in Orlando. But yeah, so if you put Hood and um, Hill into the starting lineup, then, you know, I guess you can, if JR will be off the bench and Jordan Clarkson coming in with some offense, but that that's also a lot of um, some shot chucking that might be a part of that lineup too. So yeah, it'll just be, you know, interesting to see how, Again, Ty Lue is going to have to kind of figure this out, and I think some legitimate criticisms of him this season have been his lineups and um, some things he's experimented with or, or things he's just trotted out that haven't really made any sense, especially lineups with little to no shooting around LeBron James have never really made any sense, and I think that's a very legit criticism of Ty this year. So um, he's got some work to do to try to figure out, you know, yeah, who's going to anchor that second unit if it's going to be – if it's going to be Clarkson, if it's going to be J.R. Smith, if he's going to try and stagger some minutes so that you can get George Hill running some of those second-unit lineups. So whatever it may be, it'll be really interesting to see. But at least now, like, there's parts that you can get a little bit excited about. I know that for a while, like you said, like the Wade and and Jeff Green playing really well in the second unit, like it was pretty fun for a little bit, but it kind of... Um, Obviously, the entire Cavs roster really kind of slipped way backwards after that nice little run that they had. So... Um, so yeah, it'll be interesting. But yeah, it, it's a bummer that like we won't get to see Wade in the playoffs for the Cavs, where I think like he would have been a very useful piece, and it would have been fun to see him in the playoffs, you know, like with this Cavs team and be like re-energized from that. And I do think there is um, a value in having his experience and kind of voice in the locker room. Although uh, he, you know, after Isaiah Thomas, he was the other guy that kind of spurred that ill-fated like players coaches front office everybody meeting which, which was like two weeks ago at this point and it, it is <laughs> yeah. like like it feels like forever ago that that was you know um so like i think some i think he rubbed some people the wrong way but he's also like Dwayne wade so you get over it and you move on so um yeah it's uh i was really excited when they got him and it was really fun to watch him be like a super bench player um which was really cool and it was cool that he kind of accepted that role but yeah, just in, in summation, I think that it won't cause much of a dip um, in their play. Like, I still think they can find ways to make that second unit um, as strong as it was when it was really, like, firing on all cylinders. So, Glues said this, and Altman has apparently said this on the conference call that, um, you know, is, is, is going on, but they're talking up Jetty, and I'm, like, all in on the Jetty train, um, but I don't know if I buy that they're actually going to play him more now. I, I just look at how many guys they have. I look at the veteran guys. I, I think he could play in the regular season in particular, but I don't know if he's 
I don't know if he's like going to get as many minutes as I think maybe they thought pre-trade, but um, I, I kind of hope that they actually do play him. But I'm, I'm, that's one of the things about this I don't know. I think I, I think the, the roles for uh, the guys that are still on the team, JR's role, Corver's role, Tristan's role, basically every guy that's not LeBron and Kevin Love, I have like very interest. I have questions about what they're actually going to do now. Um, not that yeah. they're like not useful anymore, but how do they adjust to these to these new players? This is in my mind like a whole new team in a lot of ways, and I, I think all these guys are going to have to adjust. Yeah, no, I agree. And like, if they are going to play Jetty more, then it makes it even more of a new team because th- it kind of cracks me up because like, it's just weird to hear everybody talking about Jetty now. Like, yeah, we got to get him more minutes, and he's a really big part of this team and all this stuff. And it's like, but you guys like didn't play him at all. So why after? I mean, like, I get it. Like, maybe Ty Lue was a little like had his hands tied and like couldn't play him as much as he wanted because he didn't want him to like cut into Wade or Corvus minutes or whatever it was. But like, it's just funny to hear them all of a sudden be like, Jetty is awesome and we will play him lots more and it will be great. It's like, okay, well, why, like, why did it take so long? And why after like one game against the Timberwolves is he all of a sudden like a major part of this team? But like, it's good. Like, I hope it happens just for like his energy and uh you know he tries which is a nice thing to see but like yeah it'll be interesting to see where he fits um if he can like develop that three-point shot a little more consistently i know that like before he came over to the nba that was a question for him like he can shoot it he's just like really inconsistent with it like because i think he's a pretty good finisher and he's quick and he's like athletic and he's obviously has the size and if he could like add that three-pointer to and get it to a place where it's like people would have to respect it. Like, that would be huge for him this year. So I don't know if that's going to happen or not. Um, you know, obviously, he's halfway through his, like, very first season in the NBA. But um, I'm all for seeing more of Jetty. I just think it's really funny how all of a sudden, yeah, like, now it's like he's a major part of the rotation moving forward. Yeah, he's, uh, I mean, we gotta when you have one franchise icon leave, you got to put in, put in the other you one. Yeah, you do. You do. You gotta put in Cavs lifer Jetty Osmond. Wait, if you're wait I might be wrong about this. No, was he not supposed to wear number nine? Yeah, I think he was. Does until he, Wade does, got. Does he get number nine? Does like do we get the 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 Delhi jersey switch thing here? Now? Does he go back to number nine, or is like sixteen like already got the the banner up? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, we they the Cavs might already have like the sixteen banner just like made already, and is just like waiting in the rafters, so he may not be able to to change uniforms because of it. Yeah, probably not refundable. Those those big banners. No, no, they're expensive. You know, you can't. Yeah, that's a no no refund policy there. <laughs> in all seriousness, this I do, I mean, there's this I think eleven guys now, and the last the last two guys that are I think definitely going to be a part of this are are George Hill and. Rodney Hood and Hill, if he if Hill, who's is out of this group, is the only guy that has played deep into the playoffs before he was on those Indiana teams. His his name on Twitter is actually still Indiana George Hill. I wanna, I wanna <laughs> he, he loves Indiana, like, like he loves, loves Indiana. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, his and he has he, he's only tweeted once since that tweet where he tweeted all those like angry emojis. That was in December, and then he tweeted. Yeah. Uh, in support of his of his friend who's a rapper apparently um, like on January well, 21st so been pretty inactive on on Twitter um, <laughs> he's gonna have to step that he's gonna have to step his Twitter game up yeah at least, but at least that. like Ladybird 2 had a happy ending um, shouts to right. my, shouts to everyone who, if you get that joke like I you're my favorite Lock On Cavs listener ever but, um, I uh, 
I don't know what to expect out of them exactly because Hill's been bad. He had the toe injury that kept him out of the playoffs last year. And I don't know with Rodney Hood. Like, he was supposed to kind of take this big step up this year. And I was, I was talking to David Locke, who runs Lockdown Jazz and is the radio guy. Um, and he was saying that, like, Hill is either, like, very on or he's very off. So he, like, kind of reminds him of J.R. Smith in that way. Like, I, I think these guys are definitely fits. And, I mean, I think they're good improvements on what they had. But um, I, I, I think their form is going to be really interesting to watch. Especially, like, A, playing with LeBron. And, two... You know, I Kevin Love's going to come back, and these guys are probably going to shoot a lot. And then, so how do they adjust to when Kevin Love comes back? Like that's going to be really interesting. Yeah, I'm like I'm. I developed a weird enjoyment of the Jazz um, last year because I, for whatever reason, picked them as my team to start a franchise with in NBA 2K. So like, I would play with them, and then I got really intrigued by their roster, and so like I would watch them like in real life, and so I got like very, like weirdly into the jazz last year um and george hill was like it's kind of crazy one i i do not understand why george hill decided to go to sacramento in free agency like he had a choice of play i mean i know they paid him well and gave him like a three-year deal but like i don't really fully understand what he thought like he was getting into by going to sacramento in free agency so like <laughs> got good like real good question like what like, seriously like i remember that signing and i remember being like but what but why george like, yeah you the- you you zebo willie collie stein coached by dave yeager and just <laughs> yeah, like, like this random roster they're still really bad like i it was just a weird choice and ben macklemore um, big shoots like steph big like clay <laughs> that's why that's what yeah, got him 100% he heard why. that and he was like all right um but when he was with that jazz team and he had his injury history there too, like you mentioned with the toe. And so he was kind of in and out of the lineup. But like, I remember just reading about like how, how much better the jazz were when he was healthy and in the lineup, like he played a really big part into like a very good jazz team. And um, I remember that there was a big debate over, you know, like, okay, well, if Gordon Hayward stays, we want George Hill to stay too, because we think we can really build the, uh, around those two guys is like, and make this jazz team into what we want around those two guys. And obviously when Hayward left, that kind of opened the door. Like the jazz weren't going to pay George Hill what he wanted to be paid. So he left. Um, but like, he was like a, a big deal um, and was playing like really, really well in Utah. So I'm hoping that um, the getting out of the Sacramento culture, although, you know, <laughs> the Cavs culture has been real toxic. I'm hoping it's a little bit different now, but like putting him on a team that has a chance at the playoffs and the finals will kind of reinvigorate him and like help help him be better defensively and um I had no idea he was shooting 45% from 3 until I looked that up today which is crazy to me um so that's awesome but I hope that just everything around him kind of comes into play so like George Hill really really excites me um I think the Rodney Hood thing like you mentioned a lot of it is um he's inconsistent and his I, I think like I think something I saw too he just like yeah like mentally sometimes he's not in it um which sounds like J.R. Smith a lot like you mentioned and um, but like his size and like, he, he's just like an enticing player when you look at like what he does do well when he's on, you know, from shooting the three, he can, he can produce off the dribble a little bit too. Um, and he should theoretically be a good defender. And I think he is when he, when he tries. So again, like, yeah, there's flaws to these guys and, and we'll have to see, but like, I, I, I'm excited to have that chance to see like what George Hill and Rodney Hood can be around LeBron because I think if they play to the potential that uh, they have, like I think that could be really, really great 
for the Cavs. And it's like not, it's like two players I did not think like would be on the Cavs and we'd have that opportunity. And like the craziest thing too, is that um, Nance Clarkson and Rodney Hood are all 25 years old. And like, that is a, that's a big win for me uh, in my opinion, just cause like the Cavs, aside from being horribly defensively, um, something that played into that is how old they are. And like bringing like this youthful energy into the team, I think can only help. So I'm really excited about Hood and, and George Hill. And may, I'm probably like a little too excited. Like I'll come back down to reality after they both have like their first combined terrible game. And I'll be like, oh, okay, they have their deficiencies. But like, I'm excited for the, for the potential. Um, and I'm excited for like them to show off what they can do um, on a team that's like primed for a deep playoff run and how that kind of affects them. I, I, am, I agree with that. I think there will be just some games where you're just like, all oh, right, this, this is an adjustment. Um, yep. I, does it matter to you that there's not a clear cut number three necessarily on this team when fully healthy? Like I, I think it, they've had a big three ever since LeBron came back. It's Kevin Love and LeBron now. And then I think a lot of like auxiliary pieces with LeBron clearly being the, the, the top dog, but it doesn't matter now that they don't have that clear cut number three. I, I kind of like that. They're just kind of deeper, but I don't know if the, I, I, it, maybe that ends up hurting them in some way, but um, and I, I certainly think they miss Kyrie, but um, it doesn't matter to you at all. Yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, I think it matters a little bit and I think there'll be like that feeling out period where <clears throat> when there's a unit on the floor without LeBron or Kevin, it's going to kind of be like, okay, who is kind of like leading this charge, who's going to be the guy we can look to for a bucket. And um, so that'll be probably a feeling out process, but I agree with you. Like, I think being deep is really, really important. Um, And I think we've seen, um, especially kind of last year, the kind of lack of, of depth or just lack of like younger players on the bench, like really kind of, I mean, they made the finals, so it could only hurt you so much, but you know, it was, it, it was sometimes a weak spot for the Cavs. So um, I tend to agree with you. Like, I think I would prefer them to be deep than to like not have a clear cut third option. But I do think that that's going to be something they have to figure out. And I think that does go back to, yeah, like the Kyrie ripple effect, like not having Kyrie um, kind of shrinks, um, you know, who your third scorer can be, especially because Kevin is not, a, you know, he needs someone to get him the ball to be able to score like he does. So you still are going to be searching for, somebody when LeBron is sitting or when LeBron and Kevin are, are out for a, a brief period of time, this can be able to kind of drive and kick it or, or drive and get Kevin a shot or whatever it may be. So yeah, that's something they're going to figure out. Like it'll be interesting to see how George Hill plays within this offense. And if he's somebody who can, um, you know, dribble penetrate enough and make people respect his shooting enough to um, kind of get open shots for other people. So, but it's like more exciting to me to figure that out than it was to like, let's figure out the past Cavs lineup and let's throw some things at a wall because literally <laughs> nothing is working. Like at wow. least the, op- the options now are like more exciting to, to, to like go through that struggle. Yeah. Like no longer watching Isaiah Thomas doing his Dean waiters impression. Um, <laughs> Not watching like Jeff green and Dwayne Wade and Tristan Thompson on the court at the same time, oh, man. Where, you know, like any of that. Yeah. I mean like Jeff green dunks have been like one of the three fun things about this team. Oh, they've been great. Yeah. But it's like when Jeff green is like, you're like, well, Jeff green's playing well. Like you, you have, you have to look yourself in the mirror and kind of, <laughs> kind of like wonder like how you got there. Um, you do. And it's, you have to like, um, sorry, my, oh, you're good. my dog is barking. Um, what was I going to say? Uh, I can't remember now. Oh, when like Derek Rose and, Dwayne Wade were on the court at the same time when Rose came back. It's like, oh, you guys are you're doing this again? I thought we kind of like decided. <laughs> I thought we decided when we put 
when the Cavs put uh, D Wade in the second unit, like specifically because we the Cavs can't have him playing with with D Wade, but uh, or Derrick Rose, I should say. So that was always fun when they when he came back from his weird hiatus, and they're like, "All right, you're back out there with D Wade." <laughs> it's like, yeah. what, what are we doing, guys? Yeah. What are we doing? Yeah. Uh, and there was like the time a couple games ago where it was like Rose and It were playing together, and I was just like, "Why? <laughs> why? Like, why, why are you doing like, this? Why Ty? Um, what happened this? We don't know yet what the Cavs are. Well, actually, before we do that, the Nets pick didn't give it up. Didn't trade it for DeAndre. Still got it. Still got it. Can use it now to take somebody. Um, to and then and right now the Nets are one game out of 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 that top spot. Like they're right. They're they're bad right now. Um, yeah, they're struggling. Lost four in a row. Two in their last ten. Um, it's it's that pick is slowly increasing in odds. They're not they're not good, but. They have that pick. They can now take somebody in the lottery or flip it if a star becomes available. How, I mean, just how important is it that they actually kept that pick? Their their best asset. They did all of this without giving up really much of anything that was besides chanting and his podcast game. Like they didn't give up that much <laughs> that was that valuable to them at, right in this moment. Yeah, I think it's actually sort of incredible that they that they found a way not to give it up. Um, and I'm I'm like happy that they weren't enticed and like took on another horrible contract to like get a Kemba Walker or a DeAndre Jordan or whatever it was going to be that they were going to be forced to move the, uh, <clears throat> the Brooklyn pick. So um, I think it's a huge deal. And whether they move it eventually or they use it in the lottery w- with LeBron or without LeBron, whatever happens with him, like there are some really good players um, in this draft that's going to be coming up. Like, they could really, if they, you know, if the lottery works out and the Nets keep struggling and they get a top four pick, top three pick, whatever it is, like, it's a big deal. There's, you know, there's guys like Marvin Bagley and Trey Young and um, Michael Porter Jr. And, and other guys that are, like, could be, like, legitimately really, really good players. And, like, to have the ability to have that in your pocket um, and not have had to use it on, a, on someone that I don't know if they were going to push you over the top for a championship this season anyway, I think that's a big deal. So um, I'm happy they didn't move it, and I'm happy they didn't kind of um, try to just do too much. I think, like, what they did, they did a ton, but, like, none of it felt like – I guess you could argue – People, some people have argued that, like, oh, they shouldn't have had to give up that their own first-round pick in that Lakers deal, or, oh, they didn't – they shouldn't have taken on Jordan Clarkson's contract. But, like, if that's the if that's the one gripe that you have about the moves they made today, I think that's um, – I think you would take that every time. So um, I'm happy that – yeah, I think having that pick is a huge deal, and um, being able to kind of dangle it um, as we move forward or to just use it on, like, a really good college player to kind of supplement this – um, either post LeBron or give LeBron a young stud to like, you know, to, to move forward with in his career is it's exciting. Like that possibility is really exciting. And um, I'm, I'm impressed by, by Kobe Altman in the front office that they were able to um, pull off what they pulled off today without moving their most prized possession. No. Come fuck. here. Oh fuck, that was my bad. I didn't take myself. Off oh, you're mute. good. Yeah, I took my. I had myself on mute to like limit back, and then I fucking didn't turn it off like a dumbass. Um, <laughs> I was like, oh, Chris got another radio. No. Call. Um. All right. Three, two. Right now, we don't know. Um. Yeah, I agree. Everything you said could not have said it better. But right now, the 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 thing that I'll wrap it up on for real 
the Cavs are in this position where they're behind Toronto and Boston. Actually, going to have everyone debut in Boston. It seems like, which is which is nuts. Yeah, that game's <laughs> going to get that game's going to be spicy. I'm ready for Paul, it. Paul Pierce's jersey retirement. Um, LeBron yeah. in Boston in general is is its own adventure. They should play it's um, video tribute anyway. <laughs> just really, yeah. <laughs> just like just put it on. Have just Paul, really do have it. Paul Pierce side with LeBron for the first time ever. Um, <laughs> going to be nuts in general but the rest of the season we're going to be wondering i think how does this Cavs team get good enough to 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 make that run that we're kind of expecting them to to make and it came into the season expecting them to make the finals again too early to say what they're going to be kevin love's return is is going to say a lot about that but i mean how do you feel today versus pre-deadline about how good this Cavs team is and where they're headed yeah it's it's really hard for me to like like, I really like what they did today. Um, and I think it is going to do just changing the locker room and bringing in different guys, but then also being able to get Hood and Nance and um, Hill. And we'll see what, you know, how Clarkson plays. But so, like, I think they will, I think with this roster, they can, they legitimately can make this run in the East back to the finals, like that we kind of expected they would all along. Um, because I think we've seen, especially, you know, we've seen the Celtics struggle a little bit here of late and sort of, I mean, their record is still really good, but they, they've kind of like their, I feel like I read something just about their point differential and how, you know, some of the advanced stats point to them kind of leveling off a little bit. And, um, you know, they're down to the Wizards at, at halftime right now on TNT. So um, I think they've come back to reality a little bit. Like the Raptors are really hard to, I think the Raptors are like really, really good, but it's just kind of like we've seen this before, maybe not to this extent, but the Raptors have been really, really good for the past couple of years and it hasn't mattered when they played the Cavs. So like, I, I think the Cavs absolutely have a chance to get back to the finals now. And um, it's just going to be really hard to judge them. It, it kind of feels like the IT thing. Like it was going to be hard to judge Isaiah Thomas until he played a decent amount. And obviously we kind of, <laughs> we saw what happened with that and he probably deserved more time, but um, this roster will have, you know, I think they have 29 games left. I think I read today. So um, it's going to be hard to judge it until we have like a sample size of like 10, 12, 15 games until we can really feel um, what they're going to be able to do. But um, I am like, I feel re-energized um, is what I kind of was saying to people today. Like I went from, being like this, ro- there's no way this roster is even going to get to the Eastern Conference Finals. Like they're going to get knocked out before that. And I, it was just like no excitement about watching games. And even after they beat the Timberwolves, it was like that final shot by LeBron was awesome. But like it just didn't feel. It felt like okay, well we barely we gave up. The Cavs gave up like 130 plus in overtime, and um, you know had to take a LeBron game winner to get out of there. Like the, the problems that they had were still there. So. Um, yeah, I'm I'm way more optimistic. I feel re-energized. I'm excited to watch them again, and I'm excited to see what they can do. So I would say that um, I'm cautiously optimistic that they can kind of get back to the finals and make a run through the East. But I, I I'm also, um, you know, I think we just got to wait, and we just got to wait to see how they play together and how these lineups shake out and everything. But yeah, I I think they're right back up there with with the Raptors and the Celtics and. Um, we'll be able to kind of get through those teams hopefully and, and make a fourth straight finals run, but we will, uh, we will see, but I, I feel way better as I imagine you do. And I think I imagine most people do today. Like I feel infinitely better about the direction and players on this team than I think, than I think we did a couple nights ago when it was, it felt like it was rock bottom after that Orlando loss. 
<laughs> the Orlando loss. Um, uh, oh, the Orlando loss. Yeah, I didn't even listeners will know like I didn't recap that game because I'm they don't notice I'm getting over the flu again. But um, don't get the flu; it's terrible. But yeah, it's been a rough flu season. I fortunately I got a knock on wood or something. I've I've avoided it so far, but I, a lot of people like I know or just people that I follow on Twitter have all contracted it. <laughs> yeah. So my like Roland said baseball. Part of the deadline day was like at four thirty, just text in messaging my group chat for fear the sword going to the the, the urgent care for like putting a mask on and being like, all right, so I got the flu, cool, and then just like getting therm like getting the whatever drug it is and just like popping that, but. Um, <laughs> flu is bad. Breaking news. I don't. I like every time I get sick. I don't know how Michael Jordan did it. Basically. Yeah. No. I mean, like, no one should be doing physical activity with the flu. Like, I don't understand how you can do it. So. Yeah. Like, m- maybe Jordan. Maybe maybe the flu game's a fraud. That's my conspiracy theory. <laughs> that right. it. Flu, flu it is. I, yeah. That's what we'll we'll say it right here. Yeah. We'll just tell the truth. Look, yeah. he wasn't. He didn't have the flu. Yeah. Michael Jordan did not have the flu. Um. You heard. You heard it here first. Yeah. Lockdown Cavs broke that news. <laughs> Awesome. It'll be every yeah. it'll be everywhere soon. So yeah, it'll be on um, Hannity and it'll be wild. But um, yeah. <laughs> he shouldn't have said that. But um, <laughs> when you when you I, my thing with this Cavs team is I need to I just need to see how it works. I need to see like I particularly need to make sure George Hill's like a living person right now. Like I need to make sure that toes that toes good. Um, that yeah, we got to we got to inspect that toe. And again, like I, Kevin Love's return is going to be so important, and the timing yep. of it is going to be so important. Um. You know, he, he was at the game the other night. That Wolves game was really entertaining. LeBron, um, it's it's hilarious that, like, the, the last, like, clips that we have of IT and Cle- it's I feel bad for him again, but, like, the, it's nuts that the last clips we have of Isaiah Thomas and Cleveland are him, like, pawing at LeBron and, and Jetty almost as LeBron's, like, chest-bumping people and then saying, I don't want to get traded. And yeah, then, like, it's, uh, it's, it's surreal. Yeah. And, like, LeBron wanted nothing to do with him in that celebration. <laughs> like, he was like, get away from me. Like, I was just, I was dying. So it's yeah. it's fitting and also just, yeah, like, you just feel bad for the dude that those are going to be, like, his last two moments <laughs> as a yeah. Cleveland Cavalier. Yeah, it's 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 rough. Um, I feel bad for the family that I saw at a game a couple weeks ago with that had all bought Isaiah Thomas jerseys. Oh feel, man, feel, feel bad for them. <laughs> all yeah, like five, all the jerseys, like people that bought the rose jersey just because of the name, and like I, I don't know or, the people or bought the Wayne's like, jersey. Yeah, exactly. Or like the ten people that bought a Jay Crowder jersey. I don't know, but um, yeah, it's it's uh, it'll be the Cavs team shop is gonna look real different in the next couple of days. Yeah, um, curious to see what how, like how what what who people buy. I I don't know, think anyone they have is like gonna be like a. A jersey buy maybe maybe Larry no Larry Nance is already like the second most popular calf so yeah exactly people are just gonna buy it and just because like well if he sucks I'll just say it's his dad so yeah thirty, <laughs> so yeah, 30 years ago to like the month that he became a Cavalier <laughs> which is so weird that's wild. yeah um, that's wild but I twenty nine games isn't a lot before the playoffs again Kevin Love's return and how many games he gets is gonna be something to watch but I think if you're if you're rooting for this team if you're watching this team and you're evaluating this team. Any of those things. I, I think this trade is a reset to a degree, and I think it, you should feel better about where they're going. Yeah, I, I think that um, they made the best of a bad situation, but they kind of brought that bad situation on themselves. I mean, not you know, who knows if even if Griffin had stayed um, or if they had refused to trade Kyrie. Like, who knows if that would have ever worked out? Obviously, Kyrie is kind of – Kyrie wanting to leave kind of set all of this into motion. Um but they, they obviously, this trade with um, IT and Crowder did not work for Kyrie. So that was kind of a bust. And so, but you got to take what happened. So you just have to accept that. And I'm, I'm, 
I'm glad that they recognize that like, okay, we lost this trade. Like we did not, um, IT and Jay Crowder are not working out and that's a bummer. But instead of just kind of like forcing it and being like, we're staying pat because our, our egos and prides are going to get in the way we made this trade. We're going to force it to work. Like they, they made the best out of a, a, a previously bad situation. So I, I give them credit for that. And yeah, I mean, this is what they have to work with. It's going to be a super short period and they're going to have to figure out how to make it work, but, um, it's better than, you know, their other option, which was doing nothing and having the most miserable second half of a Cavs season ever. I think this is not the two, this is not the Cavs from when LeBron left last time. Like, no, this, this is the opposite of that. I think right now, um, they're paying $7 million more in luxury tax this year with these moves and they're not going to have cap space if LeBron leaves next summer. Yeah, it's um, the future will be. Like, is it's either tied in LeBron. Like, it's tied in LeBron. Yeah. Like, there's no way around it. And you know, you could just, you theoretically could just go love and all these guys and see what happens. But um, yeah, and the pick and you know, the timing of the draft and everything is going to be really interesting. And um, but I'm like, the, the thing Cavs is, went though, in. The Cavs like went in on this, and like I think they deserve. Yeah. I'm surprised they did it to a degree, and I'm, I'm pro- I I think they deserve props for doing it. Yeah. And I think, you know what, like, I'm okay with having the future be tied to LeBron because, like, I think as, you know, a lot of best, maybe the best people player have said, maybe exactly, the, yeah. you just have to, like, if he leaves, he leaves, and then you figure out how to start over, and it'll be some bad years, but it's like, it's just, it's worth it to have that chance of, of having him here for the next, you know, four or five years and, and being able to hold on to him, like, it's just worth it, so I don't really, you know, I don't have an issue with that, so, um, yeah, we'll see what happens, and hopefully that they play well enough, and he likes this roster enough, and appreciates what they did today enough that he will be um, able to kind of commit this offseason. But we uh, we will see. We're only going to get three games of this before the All Star break. So Friday in Atlanta, they will not be playing the the Canton Charge. Yeah, we'll that's going to be London. Perantes is going to ball out. Everybody look, waiting. Everybody look, waiting. Look, as for someone it. who overhyped K Felder's G League last year, <laughs> like and who was stu- like people can at me forever. I was so wrong. Lennon Prontes has like been kind of fun in the G League. Like he yeah, throws, I mean he throws no look passes and like and like um, reads the floor well. So I'm I'm in. He's got he's got great hair too. I'm in. He has great hair and like there's just no like there's zero pressure for tomorrow night. You know like they're gonna have a nothing roster and it's gonna be like LeBron and a bunch of yeah like <laughs> London and other guys. So like I think that could actually be kind of fun. Like let those guys get some run and like it does, like the outcome of the game like doesn't matter at all. So that's kind of exciting. Yeah, and then they they go to Boston and then they they go to OKC yeah. on Tuesday. So the first two games oh, for this man. team are, are thrown into the pressure cooker, and, and you know, like this is it's going to be yeah. fascinating to see. Um, but who who knows how it's going to turn out? We're going to be in for an interesting ride. You can find Jordan on Twitter at Clevesurm. Uh, he works at at ESPN eight fifty, ESPN Cleveland in, uh, of course, Cleveland, Ohio. Jordan, thanks so much for coming on and and breaking down the, a crazy deadline. And hope you hope you get some sleep because I don't know how you made it through. But yeah, uh, this was I, I it, well, it was it was a crazy kind of like. It went from like, oh, it's kind of going to be a quiet deadline to then like all the trades happening and then being like, OK, I'll be in the office because I want to I got to help out with some stuff. And then like Brian Windhorst doing the Windy Extra stuff. So, I mean, like I there are other people that worked like way, way longer than me today. So I, I don't know how like some of those national guys do it that are, you, you know, like Woj and like guys like that. I don't know how they do it because I feel like they can't turn their phone off for like one second. So I this I don't know. This stuff is like. It was so much fun. Like today was really even. It was crazy, but it was fun. And like, 
there is just, I don't know if there's any mid market that has like as much craziness go on in sports as Cleveland does. Like it just feels like there's always something crazy happening sports wise, bad or good. And um, I'm here for it, to be honest with you. I'm here for it. Yeah. Crazy is more fun. Um, it is. Where uh, I, I imagine Woj just like plugs into the wall, like actually just plug, <laughs> yeah. you know, like he just has to recharge. Yeah. yeah, he's got like a USB port in his hip, and he's just like, <laughs> yeah, he yeah. just yeah, because he can't he can't go to sleep. Like they, there's just no way, not yeah. at this time. No, he's probably like conked out now, like just like rebooting and like turn the lights off for the night. But like, <laughs> like yeah. I, I like I like like Rachel Nichols on the jump for like three hours. Uh, you no, know? I don't. Yeah, I mean it's got to be like they have to enjoy it, but they also have to just be like I would really like to go to bed for 24 straight hours yeah, I, I would like to just like curl up in a ball and like not do anything and um relax especially because like just the, the when you're actually like i getting a hold of people on today like today must be like very like stressful um yes it's super stressful yeah but Cleveland Zerm, uh, you can find him as Browns takes and all of his cast takes on twitter uh <laughs> jordan before we'll, we'll wrap it up on this two questions two browns questions number yes. one have you bought any johnny manzel comeback season gear um, I've bought zero Johnny Manziel comeback <laughs> season gear. I cannot, I, that's, that'd be a whole nother podcast. I just find it really weird when play, and, and this is something I've commented on too about Josh Gordon, who like, I'm thrilled he's back on the team, but like monetizing your comeback when it's like your own fault that you're, <laughs> that you're out of the league, you know, like is a very weird concept to me. Um, so, no, I have not purchased the comeback season hoodie, uh, but I did send one to your home, so you should be looking for that. Uh, I, look, I look forward to it. I will be flying. <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's like a five time. That's all that's left on the site. So Yeah, I, Johnny. Uh, number two, who's number, who's the number one pick? Who should be the number one pick? Oh, man. I feel like I've gone back. I would say right now it's Sam Darnold, um, mostly because I think that, like, the Josh Rosen thing is such a – it's a – it's so up in the air. Like I was told by one person that knows him that I met through um, something I did at my previous job that was like, yeah, he, the like not wanting to play for Cleveland thing uh, is legitimate, but like he also hasn't met with the team or anything like that. So like so many things can change. So like I would just say Darnold right now because the, the Rosen thing seems up in the air. So I'm going with Sam Darnold, USC, number one, the new quarterback for your Cleveland Browns in 2018. I'm, I mean, and that as well. I'm very curious to see how that goes. That's that in itself is like, yeah, that in the Cavs like in the playoffs around the same time. Shooting. <laughs> it's gonna be, oh man, it's gonna be, it'll be a fun time. Hopefully, yeah, the, fun is the word we can use for that. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they brought all the picks to the Cavs game last year when they got drafted. Like, I'm pretty sure. Oh they, yeah, they brought peppers and all of them there. Um, they definitely, it's it's always the best time because you you're still optimistic about like these draft picks will change the franchise, you know. So like, it's always the best time. Yes, the only time I, the only times I can remember someone getting a bigger pop like in the crowd was like a Stepe Miocic wearing a Matthew Dellavedova jersey. <laughs> yeah, um, yes, like way too small Matthew Dellavedova jersey for like the six foot four like UFC heavyweight champion. And then um, Joe Hayden always got big pops. He did, and because he was always like all out with the gear, and when he wore the Verjao wig, it was like a very iconic moment. Look, Anderson Verjao could sign for, is playing for a team in Brazil right now. He's probably he can Kendrick Perkins isn't playing. If they need a veteran leader. Let's 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 get Andy on a plane from Yeah, like for real. Like maybe we could like not even actually pay him, just make him think we're paying him and just bring yeah, have him hang out on the bench, man. Come come home. You know, come home, Andy. Yeah. Can't play. Like like 
Guys, don't play him, but come home. Don't pull a Steve Kerr and like, play him in the fourth quarter of a, of a close game oh my in the God. finals. Hey. But let's bring in, let's bring in, cap off this trade deadline. You fill the roster spots with, with Kendrick Perkins. And Andrew. That'd be Kendrick great. Perkins and Anderson Verge. Oh my yeah. goodness. Perfect. Yeah, that'd be the most cast thing ever. But for real this time, <laughs> at Cleveland Zero and find him on Twitter. Well, you'll have a second pod today, listeners, talking to David Locke and Anthony Irwin about the, the players the Cavs got from the Jazz and the Kings and, and the Lakers as well. And then you'll have this pod, a recap of Cavs Hawks tomorrow when we'll all be spending way too much time talking about Jetty and, and London Perantes in that game. But as, gonna, as you should. As I should. 30 minutes on London Perantes, your feet, Saturday morning, <laughs> right when you watch Arsenal Tottenham. But it'll be it for this pod. Talk to you tomorrow.